The Dental Practice Fixers podcast is brought to you by the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success. To find out how we can help increase the success of your practice, check out maddow.com or call us at 1-800-258-0060. What would you do if your office was attacked by ransomware, your practice management software just went kaput and you couldn't access it? Think it doesn't happen to normal practices like yours? Well, think again, it absolutely could. Um, and we're gonna be talking about that and a bunch of other things on today's episode of the Dental Practice Fixers Podcast. Welcome, I am your host today, Dr. Richard Maddow. I'm co-founder of the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success, along with my brother, Dr. David Maddow. I've got some really interesting things for you today, including some um, secret shopper calls that I think you need to hear. So hang on, we'll get it all done on the Dental Practice Fixers. I'm so excited. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen or watch. Speaking of listening or watching, um, I know most people listen to us on um, you know, the Apple podcast system or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever, but we also have video versions on YouTube. So if you want to see uh, what I look like today, I don't know why you would, but if you want to see that or where I'm hanging out, um, check us out on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for the dental practice fixers. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button. Or if you're on one of the audio systems, please give us a like, give us a review, give us a five star. Um, we really appreciate it. And it helps keep the dental practice fixers going. So again, let's talk about ransomware in the dental practice. It's a very, very scary topic. Before that, though, I just want to give you a quick reminder. At the Maddow Center, we use Fat Merchant for our credit card processing, and we have saved tens of thousands of dollars because Fat Merchant doesn't charge an overage percentage, just a low, flat monthly fee every month. You know exactly what you're going to pay for your credit card processing, and I'll give you a hint. It's really low. So if you haven't done it yet, please check it out. Go to maddo.com slash save. That's M-A-D-O-W.com slash save, S-A-V-E. In a few seconds, you can be up and running. It's a seamless transition. You'll switch to Fat Merchant for your credit card processing. I guarantee you, you'll never look back. So just do it right now. Okay, a couple of years ago, a good friend of mine, actually a guy that I went to elementary school, junior high. Yes, it was called junior high in those days. What can I say? High school, college, and dental school with. Um, really nice guy. Practice in a suburb of Maryland, of Baltimore. I'm sorry, suburb of Baltimore in Baltimore County, Maryland. Sent me an email that um, he was attacked by ransomware and he was so frustrated. He was ready to hang it up. He had just had it. Um, really, really strange thing. I mean, can you imagine walking into your office one morning and your whole computer system and maybe all of your tech things have just been taken over and you don't know who did it, but you know why they did it? Because they want you to pay them. I mean, what do you do? Do you call the FBI? Do you call the police? Do you pay them? It's very complex. Well, this guy, this poor guy, super nice guy was distressed and actually was very close to retiring because of it. Fortunately, it wasn't a complex um, case. As they say, he got the whole thing straightened out, but really, really difficult. So that totally sucked for him. Now, not that long ago, I'm thinking how long ago? Uh, less than a year ago, actually, 
Um, a much larger practice that I'm very close with, three practitioners came in one morning and everything's normal. They're act, you know, they're on their software, they're seeing uh, people, everything's pretty cool. And then something weird started happening and then the whole thing went dark and they got a ransom note. They were hit by ransomware and they couldn't do anything. They couldn't access anything. They couldn't access their patient records, client records, um, whatever you want to call it. They couldn't do anything. And, and of course, as you know, this affects your schedule, your email, um, your confirmation systems, your phone systems, depending on what you're using. I mean, this office just went completely, completely dark and they were in a panic. Now, what do you do now? Here's the crazy thing. Um, what would you do if this happened to you? They actually um, were, how do I put this? Their individual office was not hit by ransomware. It was on a much larger scale. They had contracted out um, kind of their tech and their cybersecurity to a large company in the Baltimore area that handled multiple offices, I think 50 or 60 offices. So all they could do when this happened, they weren't sure you know, if it was an internal attack just to them or if it was their, their um, tech company that they were using. So of course they immediately contacted their tech company. Well, no one answered. Um, it was really stressful. They couldn't get through to anyone. And of course, eventually they learned that it wasn't just their office, but it was the tech company that does all their support that was hit with this ransomware attack. And the ransomware was so clever, they were able to blacken out all the offices that were affiliated with this company. It was a major, major attack. I think it actually made the local news in some form or another. And they were down, they were shut down. They couldn't, just imagine, it was kind of like if your electricity went out almost, they couldn't do anything. They didn't know um, when people were coming in because they couldn't access their schedule. They couldn't make appointments. They couldn't do anything. They were shut down and it lasted for, I think, two weeks. Imagine what that was like. Now I have to say, I don't have the full details on what this tech company did if they got the FBI involved, but I know that they actually had to negotiate with the terrorists. You know, it's a, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Well, they actually wound up negotiating with this company that attacked them with ransomware. And this is incredible. They wound up paying over half a million dollars to get everybody up and running. And, and now here's, here's the thing that made it worse. It wasn't like they said, I mean, if you could actually make this worse, can you imagine? But it did get worse. It wasn't like they said, okay, um, cyber terrorists, cyber criminals, here's half a million dollars. Boom, now flip a switch and everything's back up and running. No, it wasn't like that. They had to do all kinds of procedures after they paid this company. So it took another, I think, five days or so to get this office up and running. The whole time they had no access to their schedule, to their records. It They lost a ton of money and... Um, you know, their patient relations were very difficult and they didn't know what to do. Should we send out an email to everybody? Well, they couldn't yet, but you know, when things got up and running, send out an email to let people know what was going on. It was a PR nightmare. It was the most stressful episode that these people have ever been through. And then think about it. You're essentially negotiating with these bad guys or bad actors. Now, when I think of bad actors, I think of like a movie on the Hallmark Channel, but you know, this is a totally different kind of bad actor. They were negotiating with these bad actors cyber criminals in good faith. I mean, this company had to pay them over half a million dollars and just hope that they wouldn't say, ha ha, joke's on you, now pass another 250,000, or that they wouldn't attack again months later. Who do you trust? I, it was just ridiculous, but they were advised to pay the ransomware because they categorized these people as, this makes no sense at all, as ethical 
bad actors, ethical cyber criminals. Is there a such thing? Well, fortunately, it seemed to have turned out that way because um, these, these cyber criminals went away. Now, I know this office wound up switching their whole tech platform. They went with another company for their cybersecurity. It was a mess, a flipping mess. And, you know, if you think, well, why would they ever want to attack me? Why would this ever happen to me? I'm just a normal dental office in a small town or a normal dental office in a big city or suburb, whatever. Well, it absolutely can happen to you. The cyber criminals don't care. They don't care. All they, they just want their ransom money. They don't care anything about your office. They don't care about your patient treatment. So how did this happen? Well, a lot of times, now this was, this last one that I'm talking about was a much larger operation. They actually attacked the tech. Can you believe that? A tech company that says they specialize in cybersecurity was hit with a ransomware attack? What a slap in the face. That was embarrassing, horrible at best. Um, but again, this can happen to individual offices, and it does happen to individual offices. How does it happen to individual offices? Well, a lot of times, it's just somebody clicking on something they shouldn't have clicked on, some kind of clickbait or something that looks really legit. You get an email, but you know when you wind up looking at it further or more closely or with more knowledgeable eyes, this email was totally not legit. And you click on something, you download something, you open up that tunnel, and boom, the cyber criminals can get in. So. Um, I think it's it's fair to say, and it should be a rule at every dental practice. This these dental practice computers, this dental practice software, our systems, they are for official dental office business only. Nothing personal, and that means even if it's lunch and you're you know you you can't be surfing the web, you can't be clicking on these news items or these clickbait things, or you know these are the ten most outrageous pictures ever taken on the Oscar red carpet. You can't do it. Don't do it. Everything that's clicked on on your office computers is official office business only. I know it seems innocent. I know, you know, you think that you trust your email sources, but office business only. But even if it is office business, you can get an email that looks like it was from a financial institution or PayPal. Um, I just got one actually this morning, believe it or not. It said it was from the American Funds, a mutual fund company. They said, like, um, you need to change your password. Here's what you do. There's no way in the world I clicked on that. I'm just not doing it. If you get an email like that, again, we use American funds um, for an example, that looks suspicious. Well, everything looks suspicious. I've gotten things from PayPal, from eBay, from Starbucks, or they weren't actually from these companies, but they they looked, they, they have a way of mimicking or mirroring these emails and the sites and everything looks legit. And a lot of times they'll even throw in um, the actual toll-free number or company address or company, whatever, to make it look even more legit. But don't click on anything. If they're asking you to, you know, enter your password, don't do it. If, uh, again, let's use um, PayPal as an example. If you get something that looks like it's from PayPal and they're asking you, you know, is this a legitimate transaction or it's a weird-looking transaction or, um, you know, we're, we're just, you know, notifying you that you just paid $120 to some company you ever heard of. If this isn't right, click here. Don't click, don't click, don't click. The general rule of thumb is anything like that, go to the website that you know is legit. So go to like paypal.com and log into your account there and see if there was a weird transfer of money or something unusual. Don't click on any links in the emails. Go to the website and log in. And that's the best way to know if there's been any unusual activity. I, I feel like this happens to me all the time. PayPal, geez, I get so many kind of phishing emails that look like they're from PayPal. And of course, your first response is, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't authorize that charge. What's going on here? I'm clicking to find out. Don't do it. 
go to the root website, so to speak, and log in there and see if there's any suspicious activity. So back to the main point, what do you do with your dental office? How do you know if you're secure? How do you know if you're protected from ransomware attacks? So I'm gonna give you a suggestion. Um, our friend, Dr. Lauren Levine, he's known as the digital dentist. He is absolutely the top dog in cybersecurity and HIPAA compliance. And the two have a lot of overlaps. If you did like a Venn diagram of cybersecurity and HIPAA compliance, there'd be a big chunk in the middle where they overlap. Um, Lauren Levine, Dr. Lauren Levine and his company do evaluations. They'll let you know if you are safe, if your cybersecurity you know, is in a good place, if you're HIPAA compliant, all these things. Um, I was just talking to Lauren about it. And of course, as we always do here in Matto land, I asked him if he could do a good deal for our friends of Matto, which if you're listening or watching, you are a friend of Matto. You're a fom. Yeah, you're a fom. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, anyway, he's a great guy, extremely knowledgeable. He's the best there is. And he said he would do a special deal for all of our friends. So he'll do a free cybersecurity and HIPAA compliance evaluation. We've set up a page just for you. Go to matto.com slash secure, matto.com slash S-E-C-U-R-E, and the digital dentist will do a free, and they normally charge, I think 99, or is it 999? I don't know what it is. It's a decent amount of money. They normally charge for this, but they'll do a free cybersecurity and HIPAA compliance evaluation just for you. So do it. You've got nothing to lose. Matto.com slash secure. Okay. Scary, the cybersecurity ransomware world, isn't it? Wow, it's creepy. Just be so careful, please. Don't click on anything that looks or sounds even the least bit suspicious. Or these clickbait things, they're all dangerous and they waste your time too. That's my opinion. But hey, this whole thing's about giving my opinion. So um, just don't do it. Be careful where you click. Loose clicks sink ships. Wow. An old World War II uh, expression repurposed for the cybersecurity world. Okay, let's go to our calls of the week, our mystery shopper calls. Now, I decided to do an unusual call this week, and that is calling a dental office and saying, um, my last dentist told me I need a root canal. Can you please explain what a root canal is? Now, you could think, well, how often am I going to get a call like that? Once, once a year, once every 10 years? I've been here 10 years. I've never gotten a call like that. That's not the point. The point is, no matter what question a potential patient asks us, we need to think on our feet. We need to give great, accurate information. But the main thing is, whatever kind of call you get from somebody who's not a patient in your practice yet, they called your office for a reason. Who knows why? Maybe they drive by and see your sign all the time. Maybe they just did a Google search. Maybe somebody talked about your office. Maybe they found one of your old business cards um, in the trash. I mean, it doesn't matter why. They're a patient that's never been to your office and they're calling with a question. So of course you've got to do your best to answer their question, but this is always an opportunity to bring a new patient into your practice. Can you please tell me what a root canal is? This is an opportunity to bring a new patient in your practice. So you've got to think that way. You've got to think my job right now in this, this tiny little slice of time, my number one job right now is to bring a new patient into the practice. Can I do it? It's pass fail. So no matter what the question, you've got to be nice, answer the question, and then pivot as the millennials would say, and get this new patient in your practice. So we've got three calls for you today. The third one's kind of a surprise. 
Um, I'll give you a hint. Maybe you've heard it before, but the first two um, I actually just did. So let's go over to Command Central here, and we're going to ask our question, what is a root canal? And we'll see how these practices did at not only answering the question, but bringing a new patient into the practice. Okay, here's call number one. Afternoon, Dr. F***'s office. This is Kara. Uh, hey, can you tell me what a root canal is? My last dentist told me I might need one. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Okay. Uh, we're, we do not do root canals here in the office. Um, usually, We refer ours to a specialist. Mm. So I can give the number of the specialist and, and they can explain to you what it mm. is. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Can yeah. you hold, please? Sure. Thank you. Wow, some crazy hold music. Not what I was expecting from this office. Like, hey. Okay, this is for endodontics, and that's all that they do is root canals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the number is... And they can explain to you exactly what they are. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. Okay, thank Take you. Care. You too, bye. -bye. bye. Well, wow, she was super nice. I certainly can't complain about her being a patient-friendly, patient-centric person. She got an A-plus on that. Super-duper nice. Um, this was a GP office. What's with the general dentist not doing root canals? Jeez. Well, that's, that's a topic for a different day. But for some reason, this general practice didn't do root canals. Okay. So did she do the right thing? I mean, you could say in one sense she did. She know this, knew this patient needed a root canal. They don't do root canals. She gave the number of an endodontist that they trust. That's good. But did she really know this patient needed a root canal? I mean, she just, you know, the patient just says, I think I might need a root canal or I was told I need a root canal. I think a much better strategy would have been to say something like, um, we don't do root canals in this office, but we're a general dental practice. I'll tell you what, I think this would be a great move. Um, why don't you come on in? We'll take a look. We'll give you an evaluation. Maybe the tooth doesn't even need a root canal. Let's let's see. When's the last time you ought to check up the cleaning? We'd be glad to see you as a new patient in our practice. We've been here 10 years, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, can we see you tomorrow or the next day? Whatever. This was an opportunity to get a new patient in your eye. And maybe this patient did need a root canal. Who knows what the last dentist said? Maybe the last dentist said, um, You've got a large filling with decay under it, and if we don't take care of this soon, it may need a root canal. I mean, you never know. Everybody hears things and interprets things differently. This was an opportunity to get a new patient in, and she was super nice, but I think she took the wrong path. Get the patient in. If you need to refer, refer. But she just referred this patient without ever doing an examination. I don't like that. And again, missed opportunity for a new patient. So I'm gonna have to say, kind of close no cigar. All right, let's do another call. See how this office does. Same question. Thank you for choosing. This is Lisa. How can I help you? Um, hi, Lisa. Can you tell me what is a root canal? I, I was told I might need one, but I'm not sure what that is exactly. Uh, a root canal is when your tooth is infected and what a root canal is, is we go in and we make an access opening in the tooth, in the top of the tooth, and the doctor removes the infected nerve out of the teeth, and uh, you don't remove the root, you remove the nerve, mm -hmm. and then um, once you have that done, sometimes 
you have to have what we call a buildup, where a root canal is kind of like a dead limb on a tree. After that, it becomes brittle. So you have to do um, a buildup, and then nine times out of ten, you have to have a crown put over the tooth that you've had the root canal done on just because of again it becomes brittle so you want a protective covering on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well you sound like a dentist yourself no no just been a dentist for 33 years i've been oh, there. Wow. getting ready to cool. have one right here in just a minute <laughs> you are one i hope it goes well <laughs> yeah me too why, why, why does everybody say they heard is Any that other- true a long time ago, yes, um, they were a little uncomfortable. You had to do it in stages, but things have, are so advanced now. Um, you know, usually they're they're pretty quick. We do everything in one visit, uh, with the exception sometimes we don't always prepare the tooth for the crown, but um, that that's why. And a lot of people, um, you, you have to be on an antibiotic because you don't get numb if you're really infected. Mm-hmm. So it just depends. And and, and the, the dentist will let you know, you know, they'll, they'll go over all that stuff with you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. That was a really good explanation. I think I understand quite a bit now. Okay. Well, right, thank thanks. you. If you sure. need anything else, you give us a call. Thanks. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Click. No appointment. Okay, let's back up. I really liked her. First of all, she was extremely knowledgeable. She spoke mostly in very patient-friendly terms, which I liked. I like her analogies. It's kind of like a dead limb on a tree. It gets brittle. I mean, that's stuff that people can relate to. I really, really like that. Um, I think she went way too far on her explanation. All I did was say, I might, I, what's the root canal? I might need one. Then she starts saying, uh, first we make an access opening. Well, boom, that's a patient unfriendly term. Access opening, what the heck is that? It sounds scary to me. And then she started talking about remove the infected nerve. Oh, that sounds painful. I'm not so sure I would use those exact terms. Maybe remove the infection, or, you know, just something or st- sterilize the tooth, whatever. Just I don't like remove the infected nerve. That sounds really painful. And then she started going into the whole thing about it might need a buildup and a crown and nine times out of 10, it'll need this. Um, and if it's infected, it might hurt. We have to give you antibiotics. Way too much explanation. And the thing that frustrates me is, um, she was good at using patient-friendly terms, and I think she, good, she could have given a really good, succinct explanation, um, just using some of the terms that she threw together there, but she went way too far, too much detail, too many, I didn't need to know about the buildup or the crown yet. Um, the fact that she was actually, I think she said she was getting a root canal that day, which is really cool. That's something the patient could, could really relate to, and, and she could have even said, um, you know, I'm not concerned because these days they're so fast and they're so comfortable and the whole thing will be done in one visit. But then, of course, the main thing is at the end of the appointment, I mean, at the end of the phone call, she never asked for the appointment. She was so good. She bonded. I mean, I even complimented her. Wow, you sound so knowledgeable. You sound like a dentist. Well, I've been doing this 33 years. This was a great, great bonding opportunity. Anybody would have said yes if she would have said, let's get you in so we can take a look at that tooth and we'll take a look at everything and do a complete examination. Anybody would have said yes to that. But she never, ever gave them the opportunity, never said, why don't we make an appointment for you? We can see you today at three. I'll just have my root canal. I can tell you how it went. It'll be fun. Boom. More great bonding opportunities. We can see it tomorrow at 11, whatever. She never did it. So not good. Remember, any question like this is a new patient opportunity. Don't blow it. Okay. I'm going to close the show with what I call a classic 
Matto called. Dave and I have been doing mystery shopper calls for decades. I think we were actually the first people in dentistry and way before the scheduling institute, that's for sure, to do mystery shopper calls and play them at our seminars and use them in our educational materials. Um, for better or worse, I don't know. I'm not bragging about it. Just like we, the Matto brothers have been making phony phone calls since we were little kids. So it's a very natural uh, progression. Anyway, this is probably my favorite mystery shopper call of all time. And I've been playing it at our seminars, I think, for 20 years. We've used it in some of our educational materials. Um, but the reason I wanted to play it for you today is because it's the same question. What is a root canal? Um, and, and the point that I make when I play this one at our seminars is you should never get clinical over the phone. Don't get too clinical. Give a you know very generic explanation and then say, why don't you come in? The doctor will examine the tooth. You might not even need a root canal. He or she can explain exactly what it is that you need. Boom. Just make it general. Don't scare the patient away. Make the appointment. But I'm going to close with this call. It's kind of a Matto classic, and it's one of my favorite calls of all time. And I think you'll hear why. Dentist office. Hi, I have a question for you. Do you do root canals there? Yes, we do. Okay, um, what is a root canal? Can you just explain that to me? I'm not sure what that is. Well, um, they'll have you come in, and um, what they're going to do is take the nerve out of your tooth. Wow. They just, yeah. take, they just take the nerve right out of there? Yeah, they're going to take it right out. Uh-huh. And do they have to do anything and then else? You'll, pro you'll probably need some more work after that. Uh-huh. Like what kind of stuff? Well, they're, they're going to have to put probably a crown on your tooth. Uh-huh. And does that take a long time to do that whole thing? Uh, pretty much. It takes a long time? <laughs> wow. Like how long? Oh, um, I'd say about an hour or so. It depends. It depends on, you know, how that tooth looks. Uh-huh. Okay, and um, is, does it, is it like kind of painful? I know some people say root canals are painful. Well, for some people it is, and for some it isn't. Wow, how do I know? Well, when you're in, when you're there, you'll know. Uh -huh, I'll know if it hurts. Shouldn't be too bad. Okay, I think I get the picture. I will. Hey, thanks so much for all the information. You've been very helpful. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Oh, I just love her. I, I, <laughs> I always try to picture what she looks like. I swear I've heard that call because, again, we've been using it in our seminars, I, I think probably 500 times. And I crack up every single time when she says, when you're there, you'll know. It could be kind of like your philosophy of life. Like, how do I know when I finally succeeded in dentistry? When you're there, you'll know. Um, so, so many things to talk about. We already talked about most of them, so I won't go over it again. Just don't get clinical. Ask for the appointment. Jeez, have a good time, whatever it is. Let's end it on that call. It needs no follow-up. I am Dr. Richard Maddow, co-founder of the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success and your host today on the Dental Practice Fixers podcast. How do I know when I found the Dental Practice Fixers podcast? When you're there, you'll know. I'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.